filter, right? No, that's good. That's good. Dim the lights for the champ. And on that note, I want to welcome everybody to the world. I want everybody to the world, according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, the Fudge Master, and uh, and Milkshake Master. You bet. You bet. And you we bet. are joined tonight by Mandy Gunasekra, who we met the other day. We had the honor and privilege of uh, sitting Meeting and having her in person. Meeting her in person. Great, brunch. Great, great treat brunch last lunch and uh it was great meeting her She's one of the few people we've actually met that's ever been on the show uh in all the time we've been doing this in person so really? there, there there you are uh we broke this is my the, uh, mickey Thank we broke hello to everybody uh, we, we broke the chain and hey mickey and uh mickey is, mickey is my nurse and general lifesaver there you are and uh goodbye drive safely sweetie Okay, welcome everybody to the world of Garden Event Stein. Remind everybody, you can find us on Rumble. You can find Dice us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us all over, especially BenStein.substack.com. You could also find us on Truth. You could find us anywhere you want. And of course, the show and not we are very play. honored to have you watch us and call in and write in or do anything you want. Exactly right. And uh, of course, and the show very, not very be honored to have Mandy whose, I think, whose horizons in politics are unlimited, and I'm going to go way beyond politics, just leadership of this great country. This country desperately needs a new generation of leaders, and I don't see anybody out there more impressive than Mandy. I agree with you 100%. Mandy Gunasekar from the Independent Women's Forum, uh, of course, former number two at the EPA under the Trump administration, and now she is running for county commissioner. Public. No, no, no. Public Commissioner of Northern Mississippi. Yes, Public Service Commissioner, Northern District. Very, quite, very, quite, yeah. quite a big area and a very important area. And what's amazing about it is that uh, she's way ahead, but uh, the problem is the person, the Republican running against her is claiming that she is not a citizen of Mississippi, and uh, which is shocking and uh we brought up brought up during lunch the other day going by that matrix well romney wasn't a citizen of america well I, he, I think we should explain why her opponents are claiming that she is yeah. not a citizen yeah, of Mississippi because she was working in washington for the government uh, under mr trump and she was doing a fine fine job and carrying on the principles of conservative america and uh the her fellow republicans should have been applauding her and cheering her on instead of and their uh I think in their mistaken opinion of what's right and what's wrong, uh they uh criticized her and tried to keep her back from winning a race that she should win, can win, will win, and that is the st stepping stone to a I think gigantic career in public service in the United States of America. I, I have never seen a young person, and she's very young, whose future is more impressive than this this woman's. I could not agree with you more. And of course, the show would not be complete tonight without America's humble servant, multiple Emmy Award winner, speechwriter to two presidents, helped get great Ronald Reagan elected, uh, lawyer, economist, most importantly, an economist for tonight's sake. Uh, so he's an icon. He's an iconoclast. Most importantly, he is a father. He's a husband. And grandfather, a grandfather. And a grandfather. And a unbelievably cute child. And second, most importantly, you are the doctor, Benjamin Jeremy Stein. And I'm trying to determine how much fudge 
and a 78-year-old man can eat before passing out? I guess we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess we will. Uh, usually it has the reverse. Doesn't usually like something like sugar wake you up, but... Um, no, it wakes you up and then it makes you sleep. Okay, so let's hope for the latter part a little later. Uh, but uh, I, I had to get into this right away because I named the show tonight... Um, uh, I named the show tonight. Uh, what exactly is a mild recession? Is it like mildly acknowledging a granddaughter? Judah, a very sound question, very well phrased. Can you turn up the volume a little bit, my dear friend, Jeff? I should, my, I, I, a tiny bit low, and I, I'd like to have a, a, a volume raised a little tiny bit. I have my incredibly, incredibly, unbelievably capable nurse, colleague, everything, everything good. Well, can you hear yeah, me better now? Yeah, much better. Thank you. Okay, much so better. I entitled the show, What Exactly is a Recession? Is it like acknowledge is it like no, mildly mild recession? Mild is it recession. like is it like mildly acknowledging a granddaughter? And um, but when Jerome Powell came out and said this today, we're we're in for a mild recession. I couldn't think of anybody better uh if explaining what that exactly means than an economist and uh somebody that understands the economy better than almost anybody in the world, Ben Stein. Well, you're very, very kind to say that. I'm just, uh, like everyone else, I'm just a hacker at this because economics, as Karl Marx said, is a bourgeois pseudoscience. And uh, there's a great deal more to be learned than we have learned. And uh, But I, I think what Mr. Powell meant, Chairman Powell, was that he expected there to be a contraction in the growth of the uh, U.S. economy, but not a large contraction. It has to be a contraction lasting at least two quarters to for it by the standards of what used to be called the National Bureau of Economic Research to be a recession. And uh, I think we're, we, we may or may not be in for that. There's also such a thing as a growth recession, which is when you have a uh, you have the economy is growing, but not as fast as it had been. And uh, that's uh, a lot of economists mock that concept. But the question is, will we have a slowdown at all sufficient to stop the wild rampaging demand that is pulling up prices? And that, that I think, is a big open question. Uh, we, we still are uh, at, at the stage where the government and other government-like entities are pumping out money at such a fast rate that it can only be absorbed by prices rising. Will that continue for very long? We don't know. It's ex the economy is extremely hard to predict, extremely, extremely hard to predict. But there has already been some slowing. And uh, there's no such thing as a recession that the government wants to happen that doesn't happen. I mean, the, go the government is dealing uh, the cards, and sometimes it deals from the bottom of the deck. And uh, But I, I like that. Yes. Thank you. That <laughs> we are we are clearly seeing some kind of slowdown. I, I don't know how it is in northern Mississippi, but uh, we are seeing in, interesting signs of a recession here, but also signs of incredibly wild growth. So I don't know how how would that be in northern Mississippi, Mandy? Well, the it, it's it's interesting because actually this morning I went to this event by this foundation called Create, the Create Foundation, and they give a state of the region report. And a lot of this is grassroots, community investment, scholarship, connecting schools to the community and bringing people together. 
So there's actually a fair amount of philanthropy that's still going on in these areas, which I think is, is a sign of how well, well an area is dealing with uh, a mild recession and the economic impacts on some level. But I will say, um, I've outside of that circle of people, I've heard from other folks, maybe different group, they're starting to struggle to pay bills. I saw some stats the other day where car repossessions are at an all-time high. Um, and so the, the effects of inflation and high prices um, and an inability to pay bills, whether it's a mortgage, whether it's rent, or whether it is your car, that is starting to hit the economy writ large. But in, you know, I was looking at some of the statistics in Mississippi, which is a largely poor rural state. We have a lot of pockets of that. That's not all of it, but pockets of that. And this type of effect is especially prevalent. So it kind of depends on where you are. There are people investing in programs to try to help what we know will only get worse in the, in, in the relatively short period because of what you just explained, Ben, is happening and coming down the pipe. People investing in programs to try and help fellow Mississippians get through it who are just now starting to fill, um, fill, fill the effects as credit dries up and their savings, um, which were largely the federal money that they had received during COVID, um, is mostly gone. And so we're, we're coming for a pretty big disaster, but I will say Mississippi as a state has a fairly large rainy day fund. And then you still have philanthropic people investing dollars, planning for and preparing for hardship that is starting to manifest itself. Uh, and, and yet for the country as a whole, there is still very, very, very great labor shortage. And that is not usually a sign of a recession. I mean, we we have a, a, a labor shortage hardly ever seen in peacetime. We have it in wartime. We had it very badly in World War II. There was an acute shortage of labor. Uh, there is some shortage of labor, even in booming Los Angeles. Uh, but uh, whether there's enough shortage of labor uh, to say that the uh, economy is, is not growing at all anymore, uh, that I question. I, I will say I've, I'm 78. I'm really old, and I've seen recessions come and recessions go. And I've never seen a recession quite like this, where the uh, unemployment numbers are still extremely enthusiastic in terms of growth as compared with the employment numbers. I mean, we, we are seeing an astonishing shortage of labor of all kinds, agricultural labor, manufacturing labor, clerical labor, a retail sales labor, and, and the whole uh, map of America economically is changing in the sense that a gigantic source of jobs used to be retail sales. There's people who sat or stood behind the cash register checking you out as you bought your uh, whatever you're buying. Uh, and now that's largely gone as the internet soaks up that kind of job. So we're, we're seeing a, a kind of revolution in how the economy works at the same time we are seeing a, a genuine drying up of credit and yet uh, yes you're entirely right mandy there is a shortage of uh, labor in terms of uh, people who a short shortage of money in terms of people who want to buy houses but in turn at the high end there's a tremendous shortage of properties i mean in the neighborhood that I live in, I probably won't be able to afford to live in it much longer. Uh, there are incredibly expensive houses and uh, waiting lists of lines, people to buy them, uh, to buy houses uh, 
that start in t- $10 million. And uh, so we're not seeing really uh, what I would say is a, a serious, uh, what should I say, uh, slowdown, at least at the high end. And I think, at, at, I don't think at any end we're seeing a serious slowdown. But as I say, don't bet against the Federal Reserve. The Federal Reserve can really make life miserable for most Americans. And uh, I think to some extent they are trying to do that. We have a, could try an experiment, which is to try to see if we could slow down the economy without throwing millions of people out of work. And we, we've tried to do that. And uh, the only person who succeeded at all at that was Paul Volcker, a long, long time ago, a terribly capable man. And uh, uh, we, can we do it this time? We might be able to. I, I think uh, Mr. Uh, the head of the Federal Reserve at this point is a, also a, a capable man and also a compassionate man. And I, I don't think he wants to see people suffer. I think he'll go to some trouble to make sure that people don't suffer too much. Yeah, I think Powell is the exception to this regime rule. Uh, but I wanted to ask you a question and uh, get Mandy in. So you said with credit drying up, um, would that would that include to big companies too, that they're going to have a harder time getting credit? And there's a reason I'm asking, because in 2008 and 2009, companies weren't getting credit. Uh, people often using Blockbuster as the example, they were ready. Everybody assumes it was Netflix that took them out of business, but it was the crash in 2008. They were ready to launch their own streaming service, but the, the, they just couldn't get the money. They couldn't get the finances that they had already lined up. So will companies that are in, let's say, a Netflix that runs on credit, will they will, will their credit dry up? We don't know. That's the thing about economics. It's incredibly hard to predict. And uh, maybe it will and maybe it won't. But a, certainly a Netflix could continue to run at some level, uh, we don't know at, at what level it would continue to run. But they are Netflix is a highly automated entity, does not employ that many people, and and uh, even if it were to be drastically uh, downsized, it wouldn't affect employment very much. And really, the only metric that's terrible. I wasn't important. referring to employment. I was referring more to their to, to their stock and their company, and saying because if you're 22 billion in in debt. It's at a certain point, can you keep on getting the $2 billion a year? Are people going to keep on giving that? That was my only question. Well, that is a very good question. And, and uh, nobody's going to give them anything. And it's entirely possible they will have to reorganize under the bankruptcy laws. Uh, that, that's, that's very, very possible. Uh, and uh, the question, uh, it, one of the main questions that we as taxpayers and citizens might be asking is, uh, should we perhaps be considering lowering taxes at this point instead of raising taxes? I am not a supply sider, and I don't believe, generally speaking, lowering taxes is the answer to much, but sometimes, but sometimes it is. But uh, we are, I don't think we're even close to a serious recession yet, but that could change tomorrow. I, I mean, we, we still see big, big, big industrial companies that have a very hard time finding labor. And uh, I don't know how things are in, in Mississippi, but I think Mississippi is attracting a great deal of labor that otherwise would have gone to Pennsylvania or Ohio or Illinois. Uh, and, and the people are learning if they can get very good, high quality labor, excellent discipline, uh, good work ethic in Mississippi at a much, much lower uh, 
rate of aggravation, you might say, than they would if they're hiring in the industrial Midwest. Mandy? Well, yeah, pe people in Mississippi, um, they, they still take pride in their work. And I think that is a key difference in a lot of places. And it's also a key difference in economic development. Businesses understand there is a value to that. And there's not only a pride about work, but a willingness to learn. And that's one of the great assets we as a state have to offer in addition to a stable supply of affordable, reliable energy, which is something I'm very passionate about and why I'm running for public service commissioner. But there's two other things that I thought about, Judah, as you were asking about this access to credit. And Ben, I totally defer to you on what the outlook is. Uh, we, don't, we don't necessarily know if that credit will dry up, but I, I do think you've seen these bank runs. There was another bank that failed, um, but for the federal government stepping in. And so well, I think- Wait, mean, that was today? Yes. Well, um, I'm sorry, I did not see it. I didn't see that either. What, what bank was that, madam? It was, let me make sure I get this correct. I was just looking it up. First Republic. Oh, well, no, that, that, was, that, that was a couple of days day. ago. That was a couple of days ago. And, and that, by the way, that, that is a good sign not a bad sign. It's a good sign that the mechanism exists for the federal government to bail out these banks. And Except that's a, they, yeah, but then they cross the threshold and now they're up for auction. Right. Well, well, they're, they're up for auction, but none of the depositors is right. going to lose his shirt or have his house be repossessed. And that's what really counts. I mean, what, when you really go down to the bottom line, question is, will these nice people be employed and will they lose their houses? And if they are not employed, not fired and if they don't lose their houses then the outlook is not that bad yeah i i but but will it if these banks essentially like how many banks is the federal government going to cross the threshold of what they're actually insured for to save and at what point will that impact um you know things like access to credit for some of these larger companies that by operation just carry a ton of debt and are reliant on that stable supply of credit. I mean, I, I'm kind of saying that's more of a question than um, well, as to how that all plays together. This economy is enormously large, enormous, gigantically large. And uh, even a bank like First Republic seems like a hell of a big bank uh, to a person like me or to you or to Judah. It involves a great deal of money. But compared to the size of the banking sector, it's nothing. It's, it's a, just a drop in the bucket. And uh, I think as long as the federal government is determined to not let any sizable chunk of the credit sector uh, default, there will there will not be a, a recession based upon a lack of credit. I mean, they may change their mind, but I don't think they will. I mean, we have a group of uh, people uh, in the Treasury and at the Federal Reserve who are not fools. I mean, they're there are some fools at the Department of Justice. There are some fools at the FBI. But, there are no, but I don't think the people running the uh, regulation of the economy are fools by any means. I, 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 I yeah. And remember, and let's remember, Powell was Powell was chosen by Trump. I, th I, I, he looks like a decent man, like you said. I don't, uh, I don't. I think uh, he's, I think he's considered I, an intelligent, yeah, and compassionate I, I, man. I, I don't, I don't look at him. Not that I know anything how to of how to look at him. But if you just tuned in, you are listening to the world according to that man, Benjamin Jeremy Stein, and we are joined by the great Mandy Gunasekra, where everybody should follow and everybody should donate if you can to her campaign. Mandy, where do people go donate to your campaign? You can check everything out at Mandy.ms. I like that. And uh, 
And of course, you can find Ben Stein wherever, all over. You can find them all over. And uh, Ben, uh, I, uh, I, I want to get into a couple more things. Uh, but wait, do that yeah. before we move on. There's one other thing I just wanted to make. Please note go, of. go, go, go. I'm excited. There's, You're excited. There's one other complicating factor to um, who who's going to make it out alive or not from a business perspective. And this is ESG, environmental, social, and governance investing, which truly is another layer of uh, bureaucracy that's being applied to who is going to have access to credit. So not only is this larger picture and the impact of a mild recession, but you have the leftist administration that has pressured banks to apply this this metric that measures the wokeness or how, how much a business or an idea aligns with what the left thinks should be invested in. And they define who gets access to credit based upon that. And the companies that are finding it increasingly difficult to get access to credit outside of the economic turmoil everyone's dealing with um, are your fossil fuel companies, your traditional oil and gas, gun manufacturers, any kind of company that is perceived as bad from the woke left. And so that's just one more thing I wanted to bring up that's a complicating factor to an already complex um, and somewhat unstable outlook with regard to the broader economy. And, and a very brilliant point it is, because, and there's, there, it, it is, I would say, almost criminal that uh, companies would be allowed to fail and their workers lose their jobs because a group of, uh, uh, let's say, pointy-headed intellectuals uh, at uh, MIT or uh, Cornell or somewhere like that, say that this is a company that should be punished for making things that the American people want. So yes, yes, indeed, the idea of uh, making people suffer because uh, they are manufacturing things, making things that we've always made, always manufactured, always need. And we're going to punish people for continuing to do that. That's a terrible idea. Uh, I don't understand where it comes from except uh, the pea brain of uh, people in Washington and I guess in Boston and New York and uh, Ithaca and other places. It does not make any sense to say to Americans, you're going to lose your job because a group of so-called self-styled intellectuals think that you're harming the environment. And when it's not at all clear that the harm that they do, if it's measurable at all, is measurable to an extent that can actually harm anyone you know you it, it's it's on a smaller note it's interesting that you said you brought that up because uh i was talking with a friend of mine uh, in the industry today and we were just everybody's like where's tucker gonna go where's tucker gonna go and i said and i've been thinking about it and i said to myself you know what the best landing spot for tucker carlson is is hbo and um, which is a, a subscription-based service. They don't have to rely on commercials and they can pay him a ton of money. They have a ton of money over there at HBO. And my friend said to me, who's in the industry, he said, it's a good idea, but business would have to go belly up before they hired Tucker Carlson. And that- no, wait a minute, wait a minute, back up, please. You know, why is that? Why? Because uh, it, they, they don't want to offend because they're not because, as you know, very well, Ben, Hollywood has changed from the heyday of actually making money and making right, the right decisions. And it's it, for, for HBO, it's, it's, a, it's a very logical decision. It's a, a subscription based service. He's got quite the following that would probably sign up for HBO Max, which is a, 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 quite the cost. 
and they would sign up for him. They signed up to Fox News Nation for him and they've dumped their Fox Nation. Uh, to, but just saying, logically speaking, if you were a company or if you were anybody that was like that, you would hire him in a second. But I think that's an extremely, extremely good point. Uh, extremely good point. Uh, to the extent that politics and uh, political causes interfere with the smooth running of the uh, economy, uh, it's a tragedy. And it's, a shame, it's shameful, shameful that uh, your ordinary citizen uh, would lose his or her job so that uh, to satisfy some college girl at uh, Vassar, I mean, that, that would just uh, be a disgrace to humanity. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, let's be realistic. I mean, and Ben gets this more than anybody. Ben spoke last week and to Ben spoken to extremely large crowds that come specifically because Ben is going to be there. So that's why they get him to speak. That's why they get him at these events. No, no, it's true. I mean, my God, the picture line for Ben Stein was insane. And I remember one of the women that was walking away said, he's such a nice guy. And uh, he really is a good guy. And she said, that to, she said that to her husband. And that's a subscription-based thing. They know, well, they, they know that having been there is going to get them subscribers mm-hmm. to their events. Now, they're very, you know, people keep on saying people should do their own thing. There are no your own things, okay? In this, in this world where Google is God and the leftist media is God in the sense of, of, of what they own and what they could put out there, there is, it, it's very hard to do your own thing. You need backup. You need support. And I was talking with my friend and I said, there's one guy, Ben, that I could think that could actually have enough money and guts to start a news organization. And that's a much younger Australian than Rupert Murdoch. And that would be Elon Musk. And um, I, 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 I'm sure the regulators would probably, as Mandy's point with the ESG, would say, no, uh, Elon, you can't start a news organization or they would threaten to take away his government subsidies from SpaceX and his other companies. And um, so that was just a thought. Well, if that's true, if, and it's an excellent thought, an excellent question. If that's true, then we are way down the slide already into socialism. Uh, South African, and, uh, I'm sorry, guys, South African, South African, my bad. Into, into, uh, into socialism and uh, a very unwholesome kind of socialism at that, because uh, there's no and the number of categories that the bureaucrats can think up which are worthy of uh, having credit denied to them. No, it's, it's it's a very frightening thing. And I'm glad Mandy brought up the ESG point. So, uh, Mandy, thank you for continuing on with that conversation. It was an excellent, really an excellent point you brought up. Uh, and uh, Ben, uh, I, I, I just had to bring this up because it's really been bothering me. We discussed this the other night. Uh, I want to get into the debt. To a couple things because Ted Cruz actually said something remarkable um, the other day on Sunday. Uh, but this Biden thing, they keep on, they're spending Wait, millions. Is, of, that, is, it, is it? Is it? Sunday? Wait a second. No, on Sunday he was on the he was on Maria. Oh, last, he was last, on, Sunday, he, last Sunday. Last Sunday he was on Maria Bartiromo. But uh, it, it, they're spending millions of dollars upon millions of dollars, and to get these suburban women scaring them, the, I don't even know what they're scaring them with. And I, 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 I can't for the life of me understand why Republicans aren't spending as much money as humanly possible 
putting out commercials, that we have a, a president of the United States states that will not acknowledge that he has a granddaughter. I can't understand how that is not a lead story among Republicans. Uh, it, 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 it is disgusting. It is absolutely vile. I, it shouldn't go, but I mean, I, everything Biden has done pretty much has been, in his life has been vile, but I, I can't for the life of me understand why Republicans don't do it. Go for the gut punch, go for the jugular and say this to the suburban women. Well, the suburban women, uh, it turns out, uh, we, we don't know exactly what's going on in, in their uh, minds and in their thoughts, because yet you would think that they would be uh, cheering on whoever wants to protect the lives of children. But uh, that does not seem to be true right. if they're suburban Democratic women. And uh, why that is, I don't know. But uh, my wifey, who is, uh, I guess, well, we're not suburban, we're urban. Uh, she, she would be uh, stunned, I think, if someone told her that she should not uh, vote for a person because uh, she because of his or her stand on abortion, I mean, she would say life is sacred and life life uh, is sacred. Whether you're talking from a standpoint of Democrats or Republicans, and uh, to me, it's an amazing thing that we have huge numbers of members of the Democrat Party who will shriek their heads off in favor of candidates who want to murder the unborn. That, that that to me is just breathtakingly you're uh, right. horrifying. And I, it's like, <laughs> I, you're completely right. And Mandy, it's something I always say. How do you negotiate with that? How do you negotiate with 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 people that have that 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 stance on abortion? How do you how do you negotiate on people that want to do that want to use trans people as lab experiments like Nazi Germany? You had this woman uh, testifying yesterday that her 10 year old daughter, I guess, or some, whatever the hell, um, she, that she, she, she's fighting that he, he could start taking puberty blockers, I guess, to turn into a girl, because when he was 18 months old, he uh, looked at different toys in the store and that he's always eaten, he, or she has always, whatever it is, has always eaten different, I'm not kidding about the story, like broccoli, like like things that she shouldn't like, she likes. I, it's just this recreate. She and she's and she's at a hearing, and I'm thinking you should lose your child. You well, should. Yeah. <laughs> it, the, the social services should be at this person's house taking that child out of the home because this mother is mentally unfit to be a parent, Mandy. And I don't get why. But what the hell is going on, Mandy? Well, I mean, wait, wait a second. Before Mandy no. gives, what I'm sure will be a devastatingly untargeted answer. Uh, this goes back to something you and I have been discussing for a long, long time, Judah, long before we had the incredible pleasure of meeting Mandy and also our friend from Mr. Roth, which is anecdote and data. I mean, we, we have one woman who is, uh, got an anecdote, has an anecdote about uh, her child uh, liking certain kinds of toys and certain kinds of food and, and others who have data about how many women would vote uh, for a candidate who is in favor of uh, right to life. Uh, we're, we're comparing apples and oranges. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was. I wasn't using. I was just using. Remember, the Biden regime is also trying to make this into law. So you're right. It, make, it, I'm it, sorry. It, I beg your pardon. Make one. They're, into they're, law. they're trying to make pass that minors could get this this type of uh, uh, enhanced surgery or uh, into 
into practice. Gender, they're, gender affirming care is gender the affirming care. Right? They're, they're yeah. trying to pass this into law. So this isn't a tiny little uh, subject. Yes, abortion. Yeah, I'm not comparing it. They're apples and oranges. But this is just the people. My point was that you're trying to have a discussion with Mandy. Yeah, and and I think um, I had so many thoughts as you were talking. I'm struggling of like which one to to actually start with. But I think this is um, parents who buy into this. Um, a lot of a lot of kids that are questioning who they are and their gender. It's a reflection of the parents buying into this leftist approach and then projecting that onto their kids. Number one and number two, there are children that truly need help. Gender dysphoria historically was seen as a mental health crisis, and then they were given treatment for a mental health crisis. Now all of that has been distorted by this gross version of leftist policy and politics. And instead of kids getting the treatment they want, they they feed into it. Um, no, no, you're, and- you're making such a terrifying point we are seeing a, a very frightening Orwellian world where people, parents could quite conceivably be put in prison for not wanting their child to have his dick cut off and being made into a woman. That right. That is a, a very scary situation. And, and parents, uh, and ben. I think, it, I think it's, we're coming down the pike. And Ben, yeah. to turn, but to turn that around, Mandy, what Ben just said, and the parents that want this for their children not being reported to social services. If you spank your child, they could report you to social services. If you literally hit your kid and somebody sees and and, and spank and you spank the, the kid's butt, you social services could be called, Mandy. But if you want to cut your kid's pecker off, no social services are called. You're celebrated, Mandy. I there's just this there's wow. this crazy distortion of, um, you know, it's not even left versus right. It's right versus wrong. Um, And it is, it is is sane versus insane or sane versus insane. Um, And at, at the end of the day, there is going to be a generation of kids that have been um, mutilated under this experiment um, that have, received life altering to the negative surgeries and they're going to have to deal with it. And this, this is going to manifest itself as a mental health crisis. Um, they're just pretending like it's not doing these life changing surgeries to very young children. Um, and so we're all going to have to be dealing with it in even worse circumstances in the future because they want, they won't address the problem for what it really is. Get the kids, get the families, um, what they actually need, which is mental health support and um, and call out these parents. I mean, I, I'm as a parent um, willing to call out parents that uh, are, are making decisions in the context of wanting to be a good leftist to like check boxes that end up causing life. I'm just going to keep repeating that life changing harm to their children in ways um, that are not healthy for the child, for the family, or for the surrounding community. What a horrifying state of affairs we want. We find ourselves in this, in, in this great America. And how did we ever get here? I mean, it seems to me a few years ago, uh, or certainly four or five years ago, no one was talking about this. No one was concerned about it. Uh, very, The number of people and children who want to have their sex changed was nil. 
where does this suddenly come blowing up from? I mean, it, it's like uh, like some kind of horror movie where people came, uh, dead people started coming out of the ground and uh, controlling what's going on in the world around us. It's a, a terribly frightening situation that the ground is shifting below our feet. Is this happening all over the world? I mean, I, I keep thinking. Yeah, it is. It's happening oh in Canada. God. It's happening in England. And but I, I, I and I think we were the ones that, that led this uh, scary ship. But I think so much of it has to do, Ben, with which was with, with hatred of Trump and hatred of God and uh, and hatred of uh, we have lost God in this country. We, it was, we've discussed many times we've lost spirituality. And when you're sitting there all alone without a higher power of some sort of some sort other than that higher power being climate change and uh, ESGs and all these different things, you are left on an island alone to make, and you go with the flow of popularity. That mm -hmm. is what rules the day. It's what's popular. That's where your moral compass heads that day. And well, it's, a, it's, it's a frightening thing that in six years, this is where we've gone. Well, we've where gone did that from, come from? Where the hell did that come from? I I'm sitting here in my den in my house in Rancho Mirage. I just came from dinner. Uh, just on the way down here, my wonderful driver and I stopped at a gas station. I didn't see anybody talking or hear, or hear see anybody talking about it. Or hear anybody talking about it. When I get home tonight, I'm going to make dinner for my big wifey, the world's best person. We're not going to be talking about it. We're going to watch Dr. Strangelove for the 50th time this week. I don't. Uh, where where did it come from? You're bringing it's, it's, up a great point, Ben. You're bring, it's, it, And I was I was at the dog park today talking to probably the only person, Mandy, at the dog park. This guy named Dennis that I could speak to about this stuff. And I said to him, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the population agrees with all of us on this. I don't. Yeah. I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that almost all the world is looking at this world at these people that are on Twitter and, and, and this mob of what's going on and saying you've lost, you're have you out of your minds, but they're silent and they're scared to death that if they raise their voices, they're going to be called again, transphobic, and, homophobic, and all those things hmm. and lose work and all those things. But if the 99.9 .9 just stood up, Mandy, and said, you've gone effing crazy, there might yeah. be change. Because I no, think we no, all no, agree, I think, I think we all agree on this, Mandy. And yesterday, Paul Stanley from Kiss, I know, came out against it, but it, and, and I know he's older. But and so and, and D. Snyder came out today against it too. And it takes, it's going to take a bunch of people. And look what happened to Bud Light. Look what happened to Bud Light. They've lost their place as the number one uh, as the number one light beer in America. They're hemorrhaging. They're losing tons of business, Mandy. And maybe this is what it'll take for people to just scream. This isn't a, a, a Republican or Democrat, Mandy, thing. This is a people thing. Abortion, trans, this isn't a, a Republican. This should never be an R&D, Mandy. This is about humanity. The future of humanity. And, and what the left is doing is they're making it easy to kill babies in the womb and to uh, mutilate children so that they can never have children when they ultimately get older. It's a very... Um, it's, it's a very Malthusian approach to uh, public policy, and, and it, it is. And I think, Judy, you hit the nail on the head when you said it's, it's a lost sight of God. It's a lost role of religion in the community, and it's secularism. And the, the, the religion of secularism, it comes in the form of climate change extremists. It comes in the form of these 
transgender movements. It's something so extreme, but at the end of the day, it's it's all centered on the self, the individual, and not um, adhering to something that is necessary um, for, for, for natural law and order. And that's adherence to a God where there is right and wrong. There is, there is black and white. Not everything is like, well, okay, let's just go along to get along. Um, you have to have these rules and um, you, you've got to have that for purposes of maintaining safety, order, and obviously the continuation of humanity. Because if you do away with sex, um, male and female, um, and you make it harder for people to actually have children, then that truly is uh, a, a, a population crisis. But in the alternative way that the media tries to talk about population as being a problem, there's going to be too few as opposed to too many that they always like to try and scare people about. Well, this is a, a blood-curdling situation, but I would like to go back to something that Judah and I often talk about. How many are we talking about? I mean, we know we have a few very loud people who are talking about trans and all that crap, uh, but how many people in this country really are interested in changing their children's sex? How many children are interested in changing their sex? I mean, I, I have the feeling we're talking about an absolutely tiny number of human beings, and yet they are dominating the conversation. We started out talking about, are we have, going to have a recession? That's a big issue. I mean, if your family loses, a, if a breadwinner of the family loses his or her job, that's a big, big thing. If he or she loses his or her house, that's a big thing. But uh, how, and that could happen to tens of thousands, could happen to, to millions. But uh, how many is, is, are going to be involved in this uh, gender affirming or, or, or rejecting movement? It seems to me it's going to be almost none. And yet the country is turning itself into knots over it. Where, where did that come from? Where did it come from that a movement, which is of interest to a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage of the country, became, uh, is dominating the uh, discussion so much? Well, let me ask you an historical question, Ben, because you know better than anybody. As we've discussed, the scariest movements of all time have started out as tiny movements. Yes, yes, you're and, not kidding. You're not and, kidding. And, and they used extreme, 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 extreme fringe things to set off those movements. Now, it, it, and obviously, well, you, you know what I'm referring to, uh, and and and. So, so, so they're taking the page out of the past and using extreme, extreme, extreme fringe things to create this, as you said, 1984, you know, Nazism, Stalin, communism, whatever you want to, however you want to call it, to get these movements off the ground. Right. And it's, and it's working. But why is it working? I mean, if you look at Germany in 1933, there were something like, 50,000, I beg your pardon, 500,000 Jews in a country of, of close to 90 million. So that was almost none. And yet Hitler managed to turn the country into, go, make it go crazy about uh, the subject of Jews supposedly ruining America. And, and the, the, the Communist Party, the Bolsheviks in Russia was a tiny, tiny party. And they managed to turn the country inside out, talking about uh, communism and who should own the means of production. Uh, it can happen if people are enthusiastic enough. They can dominate the conversation of the whole country. 
I think I've told you before, I had the great, great privilege of uh, often uh, having meals with Milton Friedman, the great genius economist, conservative economist and philosopher, when uh, he was taking a year off from Chicago to teach at Columbia, and uh, he and I often got together. And he said, if you have a very small group that's very, very enthusiastic, they can dominate the conversation. And that seems to be what's happening now. But and if you have Ger- a- Ben, add to that, if you have Goebbels running the media, and- well, but, but how did he get in a position to run the media? I mean, he no, was no, but I meant point. now. But Goebbels was just one guy who, who was a peg leg, cripple, nutcase, weird looking guy. Uh, but uh, we had a, uh, but now we have these people, uh, Hollywood stars, Hollywood uh, go go, and, and they're dominating the conversation. Where did they come from? Where? What what suddenly happened to make it seem important that we hear from these maniacs about a subject of, of importance to an incredibly tiny number of people? Where did that come from? You know, you're asking Ben. You're at, Mandy. The question he's asking. I understand the 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 the, the complexity of the question of how the hell did this become their their thing. But they've used everything, Mandy. This was just the next logical step. And I go to the Rick Santorum thing when he, he, I was not a, I was not a fan of because I am a, 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 a I am pro gay marriage and I'm pro gay rights and I do consider that, that their civil rights and all that stuff. But when Rick Santorum said uh, you allow gay marriage, you're, next you're going to be allowing, I believe, and I'm paraphrasing, I might be bastardizing this, having sex with animals. I got to say, he uh, wasn't very far off the scale of that being there, which I agree with, to Sodom and Gomorrah, Mandy, of allowing pretty much anything to happen to, to rule this country. Well, yeah. where, where did that, where did that nothingness come from? And, 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 and let's go back to what you and I were talking about, and Judith, too, at the beginning of the show. Are people going to lose their jobs? I have to say, if, if people have to be concerned about something, surely it would be about losing their jobs or losing their houses or, or, or something really important, not about whether somebody out in the middle of nowhere wants to have his child's sex changed. I mean, I, that to me, whether or not you have your house uh, taken away from you, that's a big, big issue. And I could see people getting very, very upset about it. The Nazis went crazy because a, a group of German farmers uh, were, were very, very upset about the possibility of losing their farms. That's understandable. A person losing his farm is a big, big deal. But a person being concerned about whether or not some child he never met, never even heard of, is going to have his sex change or her sex change. Where did that come from is a big issue. Well, Mandy, isn't it amazing as Ben's bringing up such a great point as we're we're being threatened by four countries uh, with nuclear power, with nuclear, with the nuclear arsenals, while we're talking about a recession, people losing their homes, the FBI being corrupt as corrupt could be, the CIA being as corrupt as corrupt could be, uh, well, the IRS being as corrupt as corrupt could be. Everybody just being everything just falling apart at the seams, as 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 as, as they say. But yet, this is where the discussion is, Mandy. The because it's because 
it appeals to crazy people. It, because and it, it also, appeals to crazy people. And there are a lot of people who, while they are not themselves crazy, uh, are fine. But craziness, interesting. I was at the grocery store yesterday with my nurse, wonderful Jeff, and there's a, a big, big, big magazine counter. And there was a, one of the, the issue of Time magazine, I think, was staring me in the face at something like 50 most influential or most important people in America. And there was this uh, big, uh, huge African-American woman, and the name in front of her said D-O-G-O, no, D-O-J-O, second word, C-A-T. And I said to, to my nurse, what is that? What is that? What does that even mean? I've never even heard of that. He knew all about it. And he's an intelligent, hardworking, well-educated man. Where did this come from? Randy? It's, well, I, I do think it's in part a distraction from the, the very real issues we pointed out. The economy, people potentially losing their jobs, not being able to afford basic needs, the massive instability all over the globe right now. The border. Um, the border, the, the breakdown of safety and security, uh, no respect for the law. And all, all of these are very real issues that impact Americans' everyday lives. And you're right, Ben, why are we focusing on, um, you know, attempts to trans the kids? And it's, it is so outrageous. It is so outrageous. And it is, it is so offensive um, that it, it's come to the point where uh, this movement is mutilating children and they think it's good. And if you, if you criticize it, um, then you were deemed as a, a, a bad, non and the, FBI, and the FBI goes after you, Mandy. And the FBI goes after you. And in the process of doing all that, they try to quash dissent and undermine the role of freedom of speech in, in the whole country. So, so there, there's a, a lot of major issues going on. I do think one of the reasons the the transing the kids issue is making the headlines is, yes, it's extreme, but also you have efforts to um, to change national policy. So if you or I misgender someone, we could be fined or go to jail. If, if schools do not allow trans boys, boys to play in girls sport, sports, the schools could lose, lose access to funding necessary to keep the programs going, the educational and I, programs. And, I, and I'm glad you brought all that up. But what I'm asking you, Amanda, is you're an intelligent young woman. Where did this all come from? I mean, where did it come from? My wife and I, every night, are watching a Perry Mason or else watching old, 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 but reruns of Perry Mason, or else lately we've been watching uh, uh, Dr. Strangelove over and over and since, over again. Since we've been on the plane, you've been watching it. Ever, ever, <laughs> over and over and over again. And I keep thinking to myself, well, that, that's understandable. I mean, nuclear war is a big, giant subject, uh, gigantic, gigantic subject, uh, crime and punishment, solving mysteries, big, big subject, always has been. But the subject of whether or not to castrate your child, when did that become a legitimate, intelligent subject? Hey, you know what, Ben? You're asking the question that I, do, I believe that uh, no one has the answer, that there is, no, that there is no answer for. Uh, but you can't negotiate, as I always say, with, it's like negotiating with the Taliban. What do you offer them? Another cave? 
Uh, what are you going to say to them? I'll give you 50 more virgins after you commit this murder. You well, can't. How go, many? Well, it's I'm 70. Kidding. What is it? 71. But you, you, I, I'll, I'll add 100 for you. You can't negotiate with these people, Ben. They we're talking about different planes of, of we're talking about different planets of, of, of thought. And maybe that really is the objective to have such to destroy the country. You have to have such different planets of thought that we can't negotiate with each other anymore, that we can't talk to each other anymore, Ben. We just can't. We have this debt ceiling coming up. And the thing I was going to say about Cruz was Cruz said, I, you can't deal with Biden. He's not mentally. He's not he, he, his cognition skills. There's, there's, he's not mentally. He, he's not mentally there. And how do you negotiate with these people? And I think maybe that is the biggest point to your answer. I, I don't think I came up with your answer, but I will, Mandy, I'll try to come up with his answer with that if it worked a little bit, Mandy. I, I think I think I if I had to guess, where did this come from? Um, typically, the worst ideas come from elites with too much money, no relation to God, and they're looking for some type of attention. Um, and a lot of them tend to reside at, um, you know, liberal institutions and it's from academia. Some of the worst ideas, at least in the energy space, have manifested from academics, purported academics, um, that that come up with these bad ideas because they've never actually lived in the real world um, and they're totally aloof to it. So I don't know, that's a guess. I think it's a combination of that and people who truly hate this country and they want to destroy democracy. And the way to do that is divide to to divide people. And there's a lot of there's a lot of things dividing Americans, despite the fact that we are truly facing um, we, we, we are facing serious problems with all sorts of outside forces. But we're so distracted from the domestic issues that are dividing us. And I think there's people who the, the Marxists and the socialists that truly are pushing that because they hate this country. And unfortunately, they're well funded and they're pretty sophisticated in terms of having a uh, a, a nonprofit reach that goes all the way from academia down to uh, local institutions. Extremely well said. And we have been I, I, I could talk all night with you on nights like this. And I could talk with Mandy on nights like all night. But we don't have all night to do that because Ben's got to head back to fabulous make, Los make Angeles. dinner for my wifey. Uh, I just want to bring up uh, uh, just quickly because I, I, I'm not an, I, I used to really do believe Ben really, what I love about Ben Stein is he, uh, he could change your mind in a good and compassionate way and a, and a rational way. Like most people can't. And it's well, a true, you. it's a true blessing that he has. And I used to be one of those people because I would go with the with the with the everybody and say term limits, term limits, because I didn't like certain things. And I was listening to Chuck Grassley talk today, who's I think 96 years old, maybe. And Chuck Grassley might be the most coherent person in the Senate, who's uh, him and uh, Ron, was it Ron Johnson from Wisconsin, who are actually trying to get real stuff done. And he was talking about just all the whistleblowers coming after, you know, the, the, the FBI, Ben, is so dirty in the deep state. And I'm thinking about what the Secretary of State did, Blinken, when he coerced 51 former top CIA officials, FBI officials to sign a letter that it was Russian disinformation, the laptop. And that's the Secretary of State right now that we have. And again, another thing we're not talking about because we have to talk about this stupid ass trans stuff. Well, we don't have to. Why don't we stop no, no, talking about it? A hundred percent. 
we don't have to. And uh, on that note, I just, uh, but I, I mean that, it, it, what I love about Ben is he, he, he doesn't forcefully change your mind. He does it with, uh, with love and compassion and decency. And he lays out and he might not always agree. Uh, but that's the point. As he always says, debate is the essence of America. I want to thank the rumblers, the ranters, the truthers. I, uh, and to answer one of your questions, uh, tenacious Republican, Ben was not deep throat. I know that got reported by, <laughs> I, 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 I know that got reported by Time Magazine. Uh, uh, it, I was one of five possibilities. One of five possibilities. But so, so to answer your question, no, uh, there, there was no deep throat, just so everybody understands that, because none of it really ever happened. And, uh, and there was no secret meetings in parking garages, to quote uh, the former, who was it? Um, the former yeah. editor that came out and said that? Uh, the guy, Ben Bradley. Ben Bradley from the Washington Post. Okay, guys, I want to thank the Rumblers, the Ranthers, the Truthers, everybody out there from the bottom of our hearts. And how blessed are we to have Ben Stein talk about everything, the recession, the economy, and all that jazz. Mandy, how do people find you? How do they donate to you? Um, you can donate to my campaign at mandy.ms, and you can follow everything I do on Twitter at MississippiMG or on Truth at Mandy Gunasegara. And Jay Wink, I want you to give a tiny donation tonight to Mandy Gunasekra. Jay Wink, 80, tiny donation to Mandy's campaign tonight. And you can find Ben on Truth. You can find him, of course, at Newsmax, spectator.org, which is the American Spectator, Rumble, and on the aisles, meat aisles of pavilions. I want to thank everybody tonight. Oh, God, uh, God bless his soul. Uh, we lost a couple weeks ago. Ben and I were driving down to the desert and... Uh, when you're driving down to the desert, there's a bunch of these casinos and they always have performers there. And one of the performers, I guess, will sadly no longer being uh, performing. And Gordon Lightfoot died today. And uh, no, he, this... was, he was a wonderful, wonderful performer. Yeah. And Sundown is one of my favorite songs. I know the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald is absolutely a brilliant for, for song. So God rest. Uh, God rest. Gordon Lightfoot's soul. Uh, I want to thank everybody from the bottom of our hearts again. Ben Stein, will you please take us out? Oh, my papa, to me he was so wonderful. Oh, my papa, to me he was so grand. I'm not, I'm too tired to sing anymore, but let me just say, please, everybody, pray for America. Exactly right. And uh, God bless America. God bless the world. We'll see God everybody tomorrow night. God bless you, Judah. And God bless you, Mandy.